Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from thousands of successful individuals from around the world. I am your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm delighted and privileged to welcome a very, very senior academician and educator, Professor V. Ram Gopal Rao from New Delhi, India. Professor Rao, welcome to the show. Thank you. Professor Rao is the uh, immediate past director of IIT Delhi. He's an educator, researcher, innovator, entrepreneur, and an, ac- and an academic leader. He's been recognized, awarded, and felicitated several times. And he's an inventor uh, of 49 patents. So, sir, thank you for speaking to me. Uh, let's speak about your journey with IIT Delhi. Tell me about this journey and what led you to right to the very top of this very prestigious institution. In fact, I started at a, from a remote place in Telangana. Mm-hmm. I studied in Telugu medium until my 12th standard. Okay. Uh, that was uh, in Mahabhum Nagar district of Telangana, a small place called Kolhapur. Mm-hmm. Not the Kolhapur in Maharashtra, but yeah. this Kolhapur in Telangana. So, mm-hmm. and, uh, so after studying in Telugu medium until 12th, there were not many options available for me. IIT exams were all only in English. Mm-hmm. And even now they are only in English and Hindi. So mm-hmm. IIT, I did not even know about IITs mm-hmm. until I finished my 12th. And the natural choice for all of us was to take the local entrance, which was mm-hmm. in Telugu, and then seek admission in a local engineering college, right. which is what uh, I did. But my journey actually started after I went to IIT Bombay for my master's okay. program. Mm. And that is where my real journey began. And that is where I got inspired by you know, some of the finest individuals I came across, the faculty mm. members. Mm. And I also could see that uh, you know, in a class, uh, we had students from all over the country. And I could also, you know, I, I realized that I am not uh, you know, any bad or worse, though mm. I came from a different background. And once that realization set in, that I'm as good as anybody else. And uh, once IIT Bombay, you know, also showed me a kind of, uh, you know, raised my aspiration levels. Mm. And, uh, you know, after that, I did my master's and then I went to Germany for my PhD. Then I went to US for a postdoctoral fellowship. Then I, by that time, IIT Bombay offered me a faculty position. Mm. Uh, So I came back and joined IIT Delhi, sorry, IIT Bombay in Mm. uh, 1998. Okay. Assistant professor. Hmm. So that is how my journey began as a faculty. And tell me, so for someone of your uh, stature and caliber, was it a conscious decision to stay in academics or uh, and not stay back in America? That's a good question. In fact, after my uh, after my postdoctoral stint in the US, I did have many opportunities, including continuing uh, as a faculty member in the U.S. itself. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think I wanted to come back. I don't know why, but uh, it was in 98 and I desperately wanted to come back. Mm -hmm. But I should also tell you, I wouldn't have come back had it not been an IIT. That time there were only seven IITs, Mm -hmm. great IITs maybe. But but I, I, nothing else, you know, uh, in a way uh, would have have, uh, excited me. Uh, nothing else excited me at that time. I think because, uh, you know, I wanted to be like one of my teachers at IIT Bombay. 
so so the when i was offered a position in bombay i just took it up and uh, you know i did not even have to you know think twice kind of a thing so but had it not been iits if if it was not an iit i think i would have continued in the us and spent my lifetime there interesting and then from iit bombay to iit delhi when did that happen sir oh iit bombay i continued as a faculty member for for about 18 years Okay. Uh, from assistant professor to associate, then to professor to then chair professor, and then we created major initiatives there in nanoelectronics. One of them is a center of excellence in nanoelectronics. So I was the I was the project investigator, the chief investigator for that. So we set up you know major activities and 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 a microelectronics group. When I joined in ninety eight. it had about uh, you know four or five phd students mm-hmm. working in the group and by the time i left uh, iit bombay in 2016 it had you know something like 200 phd students so that was a kind of a growth in just the microelectronics at uh, iit bombay and uh, i came to iit delhi as a director uh, i was appointed as a director in 2016 uh, for iit delhi and that is how i came on a deputation Uh, from iit bombay spent 6 uh, years as a director here and my term just ended couple of months ago mm. and now i am continuing here as a professor now i am trying to set up you know major other initiatives here and and there are you know i have some plans and amazing so for my viewers and listeners as a, the director of iit delhi what does it take to keep an educational institution right at the very top i think uh, you know one thing good about iits is also the the academic freedom that we have now we have you know much more autonomy as compared to any other institution in the country mm. other universities and other places and uh, i think places like iit delhi iit bombay you know all the older iits that way mm. also command lot of respect you know at all levels from the ministry from public and there's a yep. lot of media attention to but i think one thing you know which i was not very happy with the way iits were running you know at least when i one of the reasons why i wanted to become a faculty member was there was education happening you know there was teaching learning all of that mm. but uh, i think uh, you know i wanted uh, iits to diversify a little bit Mm-hmm. you know not focus narrowly on just the engineering uh, kind of a thing because to make an impact you know i realized that uh, an engineer now needs to have an all rounded kind of an education correct so we started uh, major initiatives here on the policy side because i thought the policy and uh, engineering need to go hand in hand and also we started major initiatives on on design side so we have department of design so we started you know lot of new initiatives on multidisciplinary research because that is how research you now becomes more impactful you know if you want to uh, take uh, any research happening in the institutions and convert that into a product or a solution uh, to a problem the research inherently becomes multidisciplinary this problems don't come with a discipline you know attached to them or tag to them i think uh, problems are problems whether it is solving the delhi air pollution problem or doubling the farmers income problem mm-hmm. they don't have any discipline so people right. need to come as a group and work on them so i all i always believed on in that kind of a concept even as a researcher i led uh, you know large multidisciplinary projects mm-hmm. at iit bombay you know some of those activities are now startups and now they have their own 
products and all of that. So mm. I wanted that to happen at the institutional level. So, so we launched major initiatives and uh, even on the innovation front, you know, I always felt that India is not, you know, protecting its IP enough while we are generating a lot of knowledge, mm. but that knowledge to wealth translation is not happening as much as, uh, you know, what we would have liked it. And, uh, and, you know, in the process of knowledge to wealth translation, there is the patenting. Mm -hmm. now, which we are pretty weak. For example, on research today, we are ranked uh, third position in the world. Mm -hmm. But on the patents thing, we are ranked 37th in the world. So that is something that I wanted to change. For example, when I joined IIT Delhi in 2016, you know, IIT Delhi was filing 15, 20 patents uh, per year. Mm -hmm. But this year, you know, last year, even during the peak of COVID, mm -hmm. we filed something like 163 patents. Mm -hmm. And uh, now this year, Looking at the growth, you know, we should be filing uh, anywhere close to 200 patents kind of thing. Incredible. That 10 times kind of a growth in five years mm. is what I think needs to happen at the national level. Yes, and, uh, and for that, you know, doing this multidisciplinary research, connecting with other institutions in Delhi, mm. you know, departments connecting with other departments. So all of these we did as major initiatives here. A kind of funded initiatives and that is how you know we have almost a four times growth in the research output you know from uh, in terms of research funding we have seen a four times increase the research publications have grown uh, 2x you know doubled in uh, during the last five years and even patents you know have increased by something like seven times or eight times kind of thing. So that is the kind of a growth that we have seen incredible and a question that is often asked around the world, that what is the secret sauce that IITs have that they keep producing year after year, world leaders, global leaders, entrepreneurs? What is it, sir? And I'd love to get your perspective. I think, uh, you know, it's the faculty, the, the quality of faculty that IITs are still able to attract. I think, you know, that sets IITs apart when it when you compare them with any other institution in the in the country and uh, you know i think we are still able to recruit you know some of the finest people uh, as faculty members i think they bring in the rigor the academics is pretty competitive here you know you admit uh, the best students in the country and, and then you ask them to compete with each other but you know when they compete with each other they also be they also need to be thrown you know sufficient uh, kind of challenges you know to excite them to inspire them uh, and for them to work at that highest level mm -hmm. so i think you know if you ask me it's the it's the faculty who build the iits mm -hmm. or who built the iits and you know even all of us who have been in the iit system mm -hmm. i mean there are such dedicated people you still Correct. see in the system Correct. i think you know, they they are the ones who bring about the transformation and i always say that iit education you know should not be just incremental Correct. you joined and you learned something and you got a degree mm -hmm. iit education needs to be transformative mm -hmm. and that is what uh, what happened with me you know in my mtech uh, you know the two years that i spent at mm -hmm. iit bombay completely transformed my life and after that, I continued to do research at IIT Bombay, then moved to Europe and all of that. Mm -hmm. But that transformation happens because of the faculty members that I came across and mm -hmm. I was inspired by them. And they were the best that the you know any system could offer. Mm -hmm. And they were very well connected with everybody abroad. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, that, uh, that excellence that, uh, you know, uh, and that rigor that happens in the, in the system, 
I think all of that, the credit I give completely to the quality of faculty we are able to recruit. And, and I always said that as long as we are able to recruit that quality faculty, I think IITs will survive. And you take these, you know, 700 faculty to any country in the world, they can create another IIT there. Absolutely. But I think that is one thing which we should never compromise on when it comes to quality. Merit and merit alone, you know, must be the yardsticks for recruitments. And, you know, you, at the student level, you can, you can do anything, you know, but, uh, but they all must be taught by the best people. That is, that is therefore, therefore, that leads me to the next question, sir, which is that the best students, the best faculty, producing so many patents, obviously, when you are the best, there are lots of egos. How does the director of IIT manage so many top class people? So what is your leadership style? No, I always said that uh, a good faculty member or a good student would never get to meet the director. Okay. I mean, you know, as a faculty member at IIT Bombay, mm. you know, in 18 years, how many times would I have met with the director? As a faculty as a, member. As a faculty member. So, because, you know, there is so much of autonomy at the faculty level. Mm. If I want to do something, I don't have to go to director and ask for anything. Mm. If I want to start a 200 crore initiative, mm. you know, I go to uh, the ministries, I go to industries, right. I go to the donors and I generate that funding mm. and I have all the autonomy in the system to actually execute the project. Mm -hmm. I think that autonomy that we have at the faculty level, you know, is the reason why IITs uh, have been successful. And that is why faculty have been able to perform at their highest levels. And, you know, unlike the university system where everything starts with the vice chancellor and ends with the vice chancellor, mm -hmm. in IIT system, there is a lot of uh, empowerment at the faculty level. And the director role is to set the, the larger vision for the institute and recruit the best quality faculty, you know, at regular intervals, because the growth comes from these new recruits, you know, existing people are already, let's say, if they are performing at their full potential, then the growth will not come year after year, the growth will come because of recruitments that we make. You now, I always have looked at uh, the, the, the director's role as setting a vision for the institute. Mm -hmm. During my time in six years, we started something like, you know, 10 new academic units have come into existence here, whether they are Department of Design, Department of Material Science and Engineering, School of Public Policy, School of Interdisciplinary Research. So I can name many of them which were not existent uh, before. And uh, and then I was also looking at uh, generating funds, you know, the, the, the sort of uh, the revenues that are required, the funds that are required to execute uh, the vision of the institute. That is where we started these endowment funds. Mm. You know, we launched a major endowment fund in the Rashtrapati Bhavan. And that night when uh, alumni came and met with President of India, you know, for a chai with President, that night alone we generated or we received commitments of 265 crores. You know, alumni from all over the world mm. coming to have a chai with the president, the IIT Delhi alumni, and committing to, you know, give to the institute something mm. like 265 crores that night. I think that was fundraising. Yeah. Then we also wrote proposals for institution of eminence, received a thousand crore grant from the mm. government of India, mm. you know, involved many industries. So I think the, the fund generation, uh, the resources uh, is one thing uh, I see as a very important aspect for the director and then the faculty recruitment. So you set a vision for the institute yeah. and which is multidisciplinary, the internationalization, mm. you know, while we are locally connected, mm. you know, we need to be uh, globally networked. Mm. I think that is a model that we, that we followed. So I think setting that vision, 
and recruitment of faculty, the, the, the best quality human resource and generating, uh, you know, the, the, the resources uh, for the institute. These are the three major aspects. I think once Fantastic. we do that, the institutions will be fine. So. Fantastic. And, you know, the, the results are there to see nothing succeeds like success, I would imagine. So my next question to you, sir, is that, you know, after Y2K, Indian technology companies have, you know, made a paradigm change in the way the world looks at technology and India. What are the roles that these technology companies have done to put India on the global map? I think, you know, India now, if you ask anybody in the world, the first thing they, they associate with India is the IT, mm -hmm. the information technology. So that, uh, I think, uh, the whole world sees us as the, as the, as the office uh, kind of a thing for the world. Mm. Uh, I think that we have done very well. In fact, mm. I was looking at some data, you know, we export, you know, uh, I think in 2019, we exported something like $230 billion uh, IT services, mm. which is almost uh, like the, the what Saudi Arabia exports as the fossil fuel, the crude oil. Mm. So I think that is the kind of strength that India has gained now. Mm. So things are only getting better. The the exports are, are, are continuously going up. Mm. And uh, during the COVID, uh, the biotechnology sector has also got exposed now. Now the Indian bio in India is seen as a pharmacy of the world. Mm. And uh, you know we are one of the very few countries you know, where we could develop our own vaccines mm. and the choice of vaccines that we have in India, even in Europe, uh, they don't Absolutely. have them. Yeah. So I think, you know, from that point of view, IT, BT, you know, we have succeeded very well. Mm. Now, the next generation of technologies, you know, for example, if you look at nanotechnologies, mm. right, nanotechnologies, India is ranked third in the world, you know, when it comes to knowledge generation, mm. uh, the papers and uh, the high quality research mm. that we do. And that is where the knowledge to wealth translation needs to happen. Mm. And that is where many startups are, are coming coming into picture. So I call whether it is IT or BT or you know NT, mm. these are all platform technologies. Mm. Nanotechnology like information technology will have applications from automobiles to textiles. Mm. I mean, nothing will be left untouched by nanotechnology. And there India has gained a lot of strengths now. So I think India should again capture the world markets when it comes to nanotechnology products, nanotechnology services. Uh, you know, I think that is where uh, a lot of initiatives are required still for the translation of research. And even, you know, after NT, I would think the cognitive technologies, uh, particularly the, the AI, ML, you know, mm. they again, India is ranked uh, depending on which uh, agent, which, uh, you know, data you look at anywhere, you know, third rank to fifth rank in the world. Mm. So we are again doing a lot of high quality research, right. but again, applying these AI technologies AI will again have applications in every sector, mm. applying it to real world problems mm. and then, you know, generating uh, the wealth out of uh, these this knowledge that we are able to generate mm. is again uh, very important. So I think uh, while we are the, the world's, uh, you know, one of the, the, the favored nations when it comes to IT and BT, mm. I think the next uh, ones will be the nanotechnology and then the cognitive technologies or even the quantum technologies, you know, even that is where mm. India can play a major role. So, mm. so I think we have a huge opportunity to become a knowledge economy. I think uh, IT, BT2, these newer technologies, mm. newer uh, things is what we need to build our strength now because the future will all be around these sort of technologies. Very interesting. So, sir, let me now move to another segment of our conversation, which is 
your startups. You know, you have two deep tech startups, nanosniff.com and soilsense.com. Tell me a little bit about both of them. Nanosniff, we started because, you know, in Pune, there were some, uh, some uh, bomb blasts uh, when I was in Bombay. Mm-hmm. Uh, in uh, 2008 2009 mm-hmm. kind of a time frame that is when the principal scientific advisors office you know initiated a project at iit bombay uh, with me as the pi mm-hmm. uh, to develop an electronic sniffer kind of a device you know like a, mm-hmm. a, to something which can replace a sniffer dog mm-hmm. uh, you know an electronic nose kind of a platform mm-hmm. so that is what we started working on mm-hmm. and then we developed prototypes uh, we called it x sniff uh, kind of a platform mm-hmm. and uh, and in 2011 you know we found that uh, we have uh, you know some kind of a grip on the technology mm-hmm. and we can eventually develop that as a product so in 2011 we started a company nanosniff mm-hmm. and then we transferred this technology to nanosniff mm-hmm. and nanosniff you know started testing it in the in the in the uh, field and then there were lots of issues because it was indeed a deep technology kind of a area and uh, uh, the, so we started working on it further, and now we have in the market what is called nano sniffer. Mm-hmm. Then if you just search on Google, you find nano sniffer, mm-hmm. and nano sniffer is now finding acceptance from airports, and it actually costs one fifth of what is available in the airports, which are all based on mass spectroscopy kind of technologies. Mm-hmm. While ours is the first, the world's first, a micro sensor based technology, okay. and uh, it costs one fifth. Uh, you know of uh, what is available commercially yeah. because mm-hmm. it's a totally disruptive technology mm-hmm. hardly any maintenance kind of cars so now airports are already beginning to buy that mm-hmm. uh, in india and we are also now looking at international markets so that is a story of nanosniff i think they have that explosive detector product for mm-hmm. that we have the us patent european patent mm-hmm. and uh, indian patent so so that way all the ip is protected there and it's available commercially mm-hmm. the second one is the soil sense which we started about three years ago mm-hmm. and uh, particularly because you know when i look at the agriculture the agriculture hasn't seen a lot of new technologies in the country, the productivity levels are still very low. So Mm. we focused on the precision agriculture. Mm. uh, There we are now in the market with with complete soil health monitoring systems. Mm -hmm. Uh, We can detect nitrate, phosphate and potassium Mm. in the soil, you know, at the field uh, without having to send the soil samples to a lab or anything. You know, again, a very disruptive technology based on electrochemistry kind of principles. And uh, so that is now available in the market again. And there is a weather station they also sell. And they also have technologies for irrigation purposes Mm. to save water in agriculture because India doesn't have enough water. We have only 4% of world's water resources, Mm -hmm. while we have 18% of world's population. We have uh, technologies to save water like soil moisture sensors you know, which can help reduce uh, mm. the, the water consumption in the in agriculture. So I think with the help of these uh, micro macronutrient sensors, the, the sensors for saving water, mm. the weather stations, and there again, we are now applying AI ML technologies to see, can we predict, uh, uh, you know, diseases in the crop? Mm. Now, since you know now all the parameters around the soil, uh, for in the soil and around the, uh, you know, plant, you know, by using all of these, can you actually generate, uh, you know, intelligent algorithms which can say that you know the crop might have a disease because of you know so and so reasons kind of thing. So these are the kinds of things we are now doing. So both Amazing. the companies are are growing well, and mm-hmm. both the companies have products in the market. 
and they are already selling you know uh, quite well and uh, hopefully you know they will they will become even better in the future amazing amazing so i have time for one more question and this is a question for the many many people who will listen to our conversation what would you say are three lessons you would like our viewers and listeners to take away from your journey um yeah, yeah i think one of the things uh, at least i have always believed in is whatever i have done i have given my 100% to that yeah whether the job was small whether the job was big you know everybody in the country knows mm. that i am on yeah. uh, so many things that if if i accept to do something then i do a good job i think mm. that is a, a sort of a, a reputation that i have built over a period of time so i think that is important you know i see very often people you know taking up a job you know though they are not interested their heart lies somewhere mm. else but mm. then they start the work do a half finished thing and you know not do a good job and these are the kind of things you you see very often and i have mm. never been like that and mm. if i have taken up a job i i do a good job mm. and second thing is you know i am always i have always been a people's person so mm-hmm. i have uh, i have been able to build large groups of people and uh, you know get them to work together and, uh, and deliver something uh, as mm. a group activity mm. and that happens because i have mostly remained selfless in my life i have never you know gone after positions or money or anything anybody who works with me you know knows that i i i do things you know where i am not expecting anything for myself mm. and i am i you know i i want to remain as selfless mm. and fortunately you know i have always got whatever i needed without me asking for it but uh, but uh, but anybody who knows me you know i have always remained very honest humble and uh, you know never really uh, you know expected anything out of any activity i have always given credit to people where it is due mm. and took the blame you know even when it is Uh, not uh, particularly aimed at right, me. So right, I think right. one thing uh, that I have uh, that I have done, and uh, you know, and also uh, I think uh, aiming high is also mm-hmm. important. You know, I have never been you know satisfied with uh, doing the routine kind of things. Even as a faculty member at IIT Bombay, you know, when I joined, uh, I was like any other faculty member. Mm. But by the time I left, you know, I I have received almost. every award every honor that exists in the country mm. and uh, all that happened because i were always you know trying to push the boundaries mm. i were always bringing people together mm. set very high targets and execute them i think you know that aiming high is also very important and uh, again that, that is something i find missing in, even in the iit system when i see students mm. you know these are all very brilliant kind of students right their aspirations in life are very low you know mm. they most of them want to do an mba from an iim find mm-hmm. a job and settle down kind of thing i have <laughs> yes. never been i have never been like that i think mm-hmm. i have always been you know looking at uh, you know what more we can do and you know how best we can do that kind of thing these are certain things which i have always followed and which have worked for me amazing so on that note of give your 100% be a people's person uh, remain selfless always aim high Thank you so much sir for speaking to me. Thank you for talking to me about your absolutely incredible journey. Um and what took you right to the top of India's most prestigious IIT. Thank you for talking to me about technology, about your leadership style uh and about all the amazing work that you are doing in IIT. Thank you for talking to me about NanoSniff and SoilSense and of course your last life lessons. Thank you again sir and good luck to you. Thank you so much Mr. Gavin. Pleasure talking to you. Thank you. 
Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast, a platform that brings you knowledge, experience, and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search for the brand called You.